0: I need the NFL draft to be here, so I will stop betting on the NFL draft. Uh, welcome into the Game Day Podcast. It is almost that time. We are essentially a week away from the actual draft. We've talked about it enough. Marcus Moser, um, are you like me? Are you just like every time I log into one of my betting accounts, it's like, ooh, like this. Oh, wait, no, I already bet it. I'm, I bet it again. So I've got, um, I've got, a, I've got a problem. Uh, I'm enjoying myself way too much. Maybe I don't want it to be here, but it probably should be here. So I'll stop betting on the NFL draft.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate the sports books giving us a chance to bet on props and where players are going to land. It just, we've already had the sickness for the draft for some time, but now it just adds to it and it makes it even more fun. It is fun. And some of the bets, we'll talk about them when we do our, our futures component.
0: I've got some NFL bets lined up, I need your opinion on. Uh, a reminder, though, guys, check out the podcast wherever you get your podcast Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, share it. Uh, we're having a blast here, of course, leading up to the draft. Next week, we'll have a draft bonanza. Marcus is going to give you part two of his mock. We will review uh, part one. We've started from the top, working our way down. Uh, so, Marcus, interesting, uh, interested to see what you have there. And then also a reminder, check out thegameday.com to do some price shopping and see uh, what our affiliates have to offer. So Marcus, before we dive into fill in the blank, which will be draft centric. And, uh, you know, most of this is going to be draft centric. We are kind of a week out. I like to take inventory with you, right? What, what you've been doing, what you've been watching, what has stood out. So to you, uh, where are you in your pre-draft process, which is more important than any of the players, of course.
1: Uh, I, I haven't slept at all, you know, just calling people, trying to call people around the league, talking to friends and buddies, and then, trying to watch you know all of these guys because I don't want to get to day 3 of the draft and not have at least an idea who a person is that gets picked so it's crazy, but I absolutely love it.
0: Do you are you are you appropriately? It's like this is like day drinking for me, right? Like the pace has <laughs> got to be right. This is a yes, month yes. months long day drinking that you're doing, except you're like watching film. So how's the pace? Are you are you too too oh, slow?
1: We're, we're cramming. Okay, it's like the finals are coming up, and you're just absolutely cramming. They just get as much information, uh, you know, just stuffed in your brain as possible. But here's the thing, Adam: as soon as this draft is over none of this really matters, right? Like, that's the crazy part. It's like, what am I going to do with all this useless information uh, about where a kid went to high school and what sports he played? The, I don't know. Uh, well, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a weird time of the year. It, yeah. It's,
0: it's, it's like, you've got this thing and then it's, and then it ends and then we got to start looking at next year's draft. Um, yeah. To, to equate it back to day drinking, of course, where mine got mine goes. So you're in the <laughs> high alcohol content, catch up to your friends portion of it. Um, doesn't necessarily end well. Okay, spoiler alert. Yeah, we're in the IPA. Season, yeah, IPA right? at like nine a.m., buddy. I've been there. Uh, Godspeed. Mm-hmm. No, I, I it, like. I love this part of it. I don't dive in as deep in the scouting component that you do, but I I love like you're at the time where opinions change. Like you've you formed an opinion, but then you're going to get an opinion on your opinion, or maybe someone else's perspective you like starts to change. So do you feel like yourself start to shift on some of the guys that you've, you've watched or are you pretty solid on the, on the information you've acquired already?
1: I, I try to not change my evaluations and my scouting reports at all, but it's awfully hard not to when we're in the last week and you hear all these whispers about, hey, this is what a player played at, like this weight last year. This person's got a medical injury that might cause them to fall. That part of it's really, really hard. But at the same time, Adam, I absolutely love it. I'm like a you know a high school or a middle schooler that just loves the gossip so much. I just can't get enough of it.
0: I'm gonna be in Las Vegas for the draft with my dad. Okay, and uh, we are Jets fans. Um, it's kind of weird. We've got to do the whole time change thing because we got like a dinner plan. So mm-hmm. we're we're carving our our Thursday. It's fun actually. I've been in the dra- uh, Vegas for the draft before. Uh, we used to do it on the Saturday, which was a blast. Uh, but here it kind of is the it's spread out all over the thing. So uh, I am pumped about that. Of course, this is about me and my jets. Uh, I'm not sure how much scouting will go on in Vegas. It won't be that kind of scouting. Uh, yes. You won't want my scouting report probably midway through the first round, but I am pumped for that thing. And I'm, I'm just ready be for Be safe,
1: the- buddy. That's all. That's all I want to say. Just be safe. I, I, look,
0: <laughs> it's been a while, right? We, 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 we fully vaccinated. We were ready to go to the three card table. Yep. I miss you so much. I'm, oh, I'm ready man. to be there so I'm looking forward to that you will be getting texts from me and tweets from me uh, <laughs> hopefully they make sense when you read them and when I write them all right fill in the blank before we get to the mock um, some news uh, some news certainly this week Alex mm-hmm. Smith decides to retire um, I, I've got mixed feelings about this Marcus and I'm sure a lot of people do all of them largely positive um, but blank best describes Alex Smith's career
1: underappreciated right I know when you're the number one pick the expectations are that you're this franchise cornerstone player but and I, and it also stinks for you know Alex Smith that he was in the same draft as Aaron Rodgers but you look at Alex Smith's career it was pretty good like the 49ers had a lot of success with him as a quarterback the Chiefs went to multiple playoff you know game won multiple playoff games with Alex Smith he goes to Washington and he's at least competent uh, I, I think he had a very solid career despite maybe not quite living up to expectations. I would say golf clap, right? It's just the, yeah, it's just yes, like, exactly. a, it's just a really solid as a player. I think
0: you're right. Um, compared to, you know, how we evaluate early quarterbacks being taken. And sort of the, the up, thumbs up, thumbs down, like he's sort of a different evaluation where the thumb is kind of like up like here, right? It's tilting up, he, right? But it's not all exactly. the way. Exactly. And that's okay. I yeah. mean, for for I think what you're doing there. But I think ultimately, the, the part I'll remember is the last couple of years. And that's mm-hmm. where I'm conflicted. Like him coming back is an incredible story. Um, should he have come back is is really interesting and what he put his body through to get on the field and like the whole meathead approach like oh man that's heart dedication well it was hard to watch with his drop foot mm-hmm. and everything else so you can't question the heart if if you haven't seen I believe ESPN did it right Marcus on like his yes. it, I mean that is it, I think it was it outside the line it, it, that I is believe. surreal yes. I mean that is pretty yeah. surreal what he went through so uh, I, I'd say, again, job well done. I would imagine he's going to have a lot of opportunities in football and otherwise to do his thing. He's made a lot of money, so good on
1: him and best wishes. He handled you. everything with class. He did. Right? Everything he did was with class. I think that matters, it, right? I think he's going to be w- remembered well for that. I, I do too.
0: Guy that's just largely liked, and again, these last few years have been unbelievable. The fact that he made it back out um, mm. is, is truly And and looked pretty good, by the way. Not only made it back, but it wasn't just like this charity case. It was somebody that that, that had some moments last year. All right, draft. Number three pick, man. The betting markets on this has been fascinating. Mac Jones uh, was a big chalk. Justin Fields shot up. Now it's kind of sort of rebounded. So we got reports Mm -hmm. all over the place. Reports about the number
1: three pick are? Silly, because I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen. I think only... You know, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch know. And frankly, they might not even know yet. Like they there still might be some decisions that have to be made this weekend. I think anybody's saying for sure they know what's gonna happen. Uh, they just have no idea. So I think we're in silly season right now. I uh,
0: I, I think they are fun. I think it's what makes the draft fun. And yes. I think they are nonsensical. And what's going to be great is when your mock draft is proven right, you have Trey Lance going number three. And all this talk about Mac Jones and Justin Fields, and it's just Trey Lance. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm going. Um, but I do think it's – I think it's appropriately complicated. Like, I think this after Trevor Lawrence is a really muddy draft – And it's going to be scout and GM and coach specific. So I think the part of this that is so intriguing, of course, is that Shanahan, uh, what, what they ultimately do, we're going to assume it's the right call because that's the, he's earned that they've earned that. Right. Um, And that's the part that I think is really fascinating about this, but I'm with you. I think there's, I think this is intrigue that's going to go into the draft and the draft Mm -hmm. really does start here. So I think, yes, it's fun. uh,
1: But I'm with you. I don't think anybody really knows what the heck is going on nope. here. No, nope. no, which is I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be wild. And I don't, honestly, Adam, I hope that we don't know until Commissioner Goodell gets up there and announces it. Because how much fun would that be for just it to be just a complete surprise to everybody who they pick?
0: Betting markets. I'll tell you this. I'll keep following them. Uh, it's been fun to track, and I have a feeling they're gonna keep doing the roller coaster thing up until the draft. All right, Super League. I'm not a huge soccer guy. I'm not a soccer hater. Soccer mm-hmm. is fine. I was captivated by the idea of soccer starting a Super League. And then, of course, seemingly the Super League of all these teams falling apart um, because they read the mentions on Twitter. People were not happy. So, Marcus, as I ask you though, uh, we are starting a Super League in the NFL. Blank, 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 and blank would headline
1: the NFL Super League. I'm going Cowboys. Packers Steelers Chiefs we're taking four historic teams uh, four teams that have been very competitive over the last two decades putting them all in the same division uh, playing each other what two times every single year I think that would be absolutely fantastic and this is a just another side thing Adam I think it'd be fun if the NFL switched divisions around every now and then just to get some different matchups every year But Cowboys, Packers, Steelers, Chiefs is my super division. I I think I would add the Bears. I might pull the Chiefs and
0: add the Bears. Cowboys, Steelers, Packers, Bears. I am a Chicago guy, but I'm not a Bears homer. Um, Yeah, it's pretty interesting. This conversation in college football, I know, would be a lot of fun too, right? But you do have these kind of homegrown entities, like the original starters for the NFL, uh, by the way, just my personal opinion, I think the super leagues are a bad idea. I think the identities yeah, of these yeah, divisions, even college in the NFL, it's what makes them great. You're not super mm-hmm. if you're just beating the heck out of each other. Um, it right. sounds like a really cool premise with a lot of money attached, but uh, parity and everything else um, is is what makes this sport great, right? I mean, that's the that's the other thing. And yeah, by the way, in terms of the super league, I alluded to it earlier. Doesn't sound like it's happening. So everybody in no, my I mention, to, right? everybody in my mentions talking about the college football doing this, get out of here. I get it. We yeah. hate the NCAA. Yeah. It's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, okay. Eagles. Eagles are in the news. We got their head coach challenging um, prospects to rock, paper, scissors. We've got some news that the quarterback won't be announced. So I ask you, Marcus Mosier, blank will win the
1: Eagles starting quarterback job. The rest of the NFC East? No, I mean, it's probably Jalen Hurts, right? I mean, I I can't see a situation where Joe Flacco actually wins this job. But I think the fact that it's even a quarterback battle tells you where the Eagles are probably at right now with Jalen Hurts. And it's not a great spot. So I do believe it'll be Hurts week one. Uh, out on the field, but I think I think the rest of the NFC East is going to be very happy with no matter who ends up starting for the Eagles. It has to be Jalen Hurts.
0: It has to yeah. be Jalen Hurts. There is no other way about this. If it is not Jalen Hurts and they've taken themselves out of a position to draft a quarterback, things have gone horribly wrong. Horribly, horribly mm-hmm. wrong. It has to be Jalen Hurts. Um, the end. And if it's not, yep. uh, as much as I love these head coaching rumors and everything else, this is going to get really, uh, that, not the rumors, but just the noise surrounding this new influence from the press conference to the, I mean, things could go hilariously wrong. I saw Joe Flacco on the Jets. He wasn't completely washed, uh, but pretty washed, right? I mean, let's, let's be honest with ourselves here. Okay, and this is my favorite one. The
1: worst draft rumor you'll hear between now and the draft are? Ooh, this is a good one, Uh, that Justin Fields could fall outside the top 10. I know a lot of teams want that to happen because they think that he could maybe get to 12 or 15 or something like that. It's not going to happen. There's too many teams in the NFL that love Justin Fields and are hoping they fall to him. But I can almost guarantee you, Adam, once Trey Lance goes three to the 49ers, like I think it's going to happen, some team will convince themselves that he's going to fall. There'll be some kind of media narrative out there that he's gonna fall into the late teens or early 20s, like Aaron Rodgers. It's not gonna happen. Um, all of them just <laughs> just know this, okay. We've
0: talked about this before to people listening. The media are they're not your friends in this, okay. Nope. Nope. They they are here to break news, but when when you start seeing and I started seeing this yesterday, Marcus, the, the Ian Rappaports, uh the Giants are fielding calls about trading back. And so and so are thinking about trading down.
1: Those, this is very, very purposeful. Like all, do you of, think we'll hear? Do you think we'll hear the Jets are open to trading number two if they get the right offer? Yes. <laughs> like this is it.
0: Like, but, but so when when we do this stuff, this is exactly what we do. Mm-hmm. We we put ourselves in position. The media is there to help facilitate noise. They are there as conduits, not for our interests, but for other teams to know what's going on. So be careful what you listen to this week. All of it is noise. It will escalate. The day of the draft will be exciting. And I'm sure bananas. I'm sure yeah. as we get into this, the rumors will become more and more absurd. So I'm, I'm, I like that, but you have to take all of it with like the grain of salt. You have to know exactly my what body is ready. Yeah. I, I, yeah.
1: I'm ready for this. I, I want to see what the absolute worst rumor is that we'll be able to debunk in about two seconds. I just, we, you know, it, you're, you're going to know it when you see it on Twitter, it's going to be like, so absurd I just can't even think of what it could potentially be. Yet. I I'm with you. The field
0: stuff is fascinating. Um, I just think that number four pick all of the, all of the noise surrounding that Atlanta pick is, is going to be really, really interesting. Yeah. I think it'll I escalate. And they're all bad because none of them are probably true. They are <laughs> by design to get people riled up. So, yes. all right, let's get into it. The part two of the Marcus Moser official Uh, game day mock draft we tried to name it last week it did not go particularly well so we won't try (laughs) to do that again let's recap where we are we did the first 10 picks you had Jacksonville taking trevor lawrence my new york jets taking zach wilson so quarterback quarterback no surprise san francisco this is a quarterback but a bit of a surprise so trey lance trey lance decent decent value in those betting markets right there Mm -hmm. right now if you want to back marcus atlanta kyle pitts cincinnati penesuel Miami, Devonta Smith. So if you're wondering which Alabama uh, wide receiver is going to come off the board, there's a prop bet right now where you can bet that. Pretty much a coin flip between Devonta Smith and uh, Jalen Waddle. You've got uh, Devonta Smith. Detroit, Jamar Chase. And should say there's another prop bet out there where Jamar Chase, a big favorite to be the first wide receiver selected. So Mm. again, another interesting potential prop there. Carolina, Justin Fields. So they go out and get another quarterback. Denver, Mike Parsons from Penn State not getting nearly enough love. We talked about that last week, Marcus mm-hmm. and Dallas, Patrick Sertain. So before we move on to number 11, are there, you know, we're, we're asking you to do something a little difficult, which is come up with a mock draft that we're revealing week over week. And we know how fluid this mm-hmm. situation is. Is there any component of this draft that you feel better about that you feel maybe not as good about like over the course of time as things evolve?
1: No, I feel pretty good about my first four picks. I really believe, Adam, the entire draft hinges not on pick three or four, but actually pick five with the Bengals because I could see them going with either Pene Sewell or Jamar Chase. And depending on what they do, there's going to have some pretty major ripple effects uh, between picks six through nine. So that's really the, the, the keystone of this draft. I went with Sewell here. As we get closer, I'm, I'm starting to think it might be Chase but I'm fine leaving it as is.
0: I, uh, I did a, a, a video for the game day on kind of the first non quarterback taken. And I really struggled between Pitts and chase. So, well, I mean, they're, they're very close odd wise. It's very, very interesting. And you've got team needs there, whether it's a trade, it could go all over the board. So I think it's fascinating to see, uh, you know, with Cincinnati, how much influence is Joe Burrow going to have? Is he going to, what his former teammate there's a lot of intrigue between that four and really four and eight i think that you're right it's going to hold chain chain reaction for the entire draft but let's move forward here the new york giants at the moment we have them not trading out we've got them selecting at number 11. marcus who's the pick for you
1: yeah in the history of of the time dave gettleman has been a gm with either the giants or the panthers he's never traded back in a draft I don't expect that to happen here either. They want to continue to build up their trenches. Rashawn Slater might be the best offensive lineman in this class. He can play guard. He can play tackle. I think they're going to view him as a Zach Martin level of player. We know Jason Garrett is the offensive coordinator there. I love the fit of Slater to the Giants.
0: Does this speak volumes at all, Marcus, about what they think of Andrew Thomas, who – was really bad, really bad to start the year and then look to be getting better. I'm, I, I'm curious. I don't want to go into like a deep dive, but you know they, they invested significant equity in that position last year. And I think the results were mixed. So are you are, are, are they trying to kind of make up for
1: that? Or is this just a player that's really good that's kind of falling into their lap? Yeah, I don't think they're panicking about Andrew Thomas. They also drafted Matthew Parrott in the third round last year, and he projects as maybe the future right tackle Nate Solder is coming back. So they're deep at tackle, but I think you just take Slater, you know, that he can be a pro bowl level guard. And if something were to happen to Andrew Thomas or to parrot, you can slide Slater out to tackle. I just think this is a case is he's the best player available. He helps protect Daniel Jones. And that's just what they need to do this offseason.
0: Any, any chance
1: at wide receiver here
0: to tie bow on this
1: thing? I think if, Devontae Smith is there that's probably the guy that they want to go get but since he is gone uh to the Dolphins in this mock uh I I just I, I don't think they're going to go with Waddle here okay all right we'll move from one NFC
0: East team to another the the team of the week the Philadelphia Eagles picking at number 12 we don't know who the starting quarterback will be uh it's been kind of a weird frankly some odd draft decisions I'd say Marcus that's putting it mildly mm-hmm. I think for the Eagles over the last couple of seasons who do you have with them taking at number 12
1: yeah actually the next two picks we're going to talk about I debated putting Jalen Waddle the speedster from Alabama here but ultimately I went with JC Horn a very physical athletic cornerback that you could pair with Darius Slay that defense needs a ton of work there's just not many blue chippers on that team outside of Fletcher Cox who's getting older and Darius Slay. Horn is a week one starter that gives him some attitude and aggressiveness uh, on the back end. Okay, so interesting here. I know you've done extensive
0: evaluation for the Cowboys you had pick mm-hmm. in And I think we talked about this. Horn his pro day, everybody's pro day has been juiced up this year, of course, but had was sure. phenomenal. So um, how how close? And I think we may have even talked about this last week, but this is it feels like a pretty good selection because it feels like the gap between that number one and number two
1: corner is pretty, pretty small at this point. Yeah. I think Sertan's probably the safer player, you know, three year starter at Alabama. I think Horn maybe has the more upside because he's just more athletic and you just can't teach uh, that kind of aggression at corner. And frankly, Adam, if we were doing this mock again and I could kind of rewrite it, I think I might put JC Horn at number 10 and have Sertan Uh. going to the Eagles here. I'm just starting to hear some whispers that the Cowboys might prefer horn, especially Dan Quinn, their defensive coordinator, but you can make a great case for either of these guys, both quality quality corners. And I think any team inside the top 12 would be happy to get them. You know what I love
0: around draft time? Whispers, murmurs, whispers, uh, feel. Well, here's feelers. the thing, Adams,
1: uh, you, you start to get these coaches involved into the draft process, right? And some teams lean on their coaches more than others in the Dallas Cowboys are a team where, Hey, if a coach, if a coach likes a player, they're, they're willing to throw out the scouting staff. They don't care about those guys. If a coach likes a player, that'll move them up the board and they'll draft. God bless loose lips and whispers uh, more <laughs> of those to come. All right. Uh, number
0: 13, the Los Angeles mm. chargers, uh, really interesting team. Of course, uh, a ton of weapons, Justin Herbert looks like he's going to be, An absolute star. Marcus, I've started getting back into like trading cards, like sports cards. The market for Justin Herbert right now is frankly insane. So number 13, I'm assuming you're going to have something that helps this young quarterback. Uh, Interesting to
1: see what position. Who are you going with? Yeah, again, I thought Jalen Waddle would be a potential option here as well. So if they don't go Waddle, which would be so much fun giving Herbert like a legit 4-2 guy. Please let that happen, football gods. Uh, but I, I went with Christian Darasaw, a left tackle from Virginia Tech. <laughs> Listen, the Chargers offensive line is bad, and they did a few things in the offseason to improve the interior of their offensive line. Tackle is still an issue. Would not be surprised, Adam, at, at all if they go up and be aggressive, grabbing a penne suel to pair with Justin Herbert. Wow. But in this mock, they stay at 13. They pick Darasaw. And he's the left tackle of the future. So they invest in free agency. They invest in the draft. I mean, the
0: strategy in your eyes is just keep them upright. But they are kind of in a unique position because they did invest in free agency that they they're kind of probably an off the wall team that have a lot of flexibility to do different things. No, I mean, it feels like a team that can go in a
1: lot of different places. That's why I think if Waddle is available here, I think that would make a ton of sense. This, oh, man. On that offense, you have a lot of talented players with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Jared Cook, but they don't have a ton of speed. Adding somebody to like Waddle uh, would get me really, really excited about that Chargers offense next season.
0: Uh, I love it. I, I for uh, You know who loved that more than we would is Waddle. Uh, Jalen Waddle yeah. would, would love yeah. that when you look at some of the teams around. All right, let's move to number 14. Another interesting team that, frankly, uh, when we look at draft speculation, you don't hear a whole lot of, Mm -hmm. uh, or I haven't heard a whole lot of, which is the Minnesota Vikings hit a home run with Justin Jefferson. It looks like on offense, have some really nice pieces, have the running game, but huge holes on defense. So
1: where are you going here? Yeah, I like Christian more defensive tackle from Alabama. They signed Dalvin Tomlinson, another Alabama defender, this offseason to be their one technique. They need somebody who can get up the field and create pressure. That is Christian Barramore. This might be a little bit high for him, but he's incredibly young, only 20 years old. He was a part-time player at Alabama. We have no idea what the ceiling is, but at six foot, six, 310 pounds and running a sub-4940yard dash. We know he's athletic. Minnesota loves to invest in defense. I think Christian Barmore would be a fantastic fit here.
0: I watched him a lot, obviously, with all the college uh, that I did. I can tell you this, like the last third of the season, oh, he yeah. was a real, Dominant. real problem. Uh, and this was a D-line, not with a the normal, like, Alabama mainstay stars. I think by the end mm-hmm. of it, he became that guy. Like, he was yep. – and, and, Marcus, I'll ask you this. I've heard, I've read a lot about this and heard a lot about this the last couple of weeks, just how – little depth there is across in this defensive line class. So do you agree with that? And does the lack of depth at a position of great importance kind of force your hand into maybe moving up uh,
1: and grabbing a guy like this when you do? Absolutely. we've seen over the last couple of years that even in good defensive tackles, these guys are getting defensive tackle classes, that these guys are getting overdrafted. So I think Barmore, because he's so much better than everybody else, will probably go five to 10 spots too early. Uh, but I do think 15, 14 is kind of probably where he will land.
0: I, I love hearing this for a, a prop bet that I bet this week. And I'll tell you about that when we talk all our futures, just saying this is very good news for mm-hmm. me. And this is potentially very good news for me as well. Number 15, New England. Uh, probably we talk about intriguing spots in the draft because philosoph- philosophically what it means mm-hmm. for uh, a team that, is sort of just in this odd purgatory of who they are and and their future and everything else. So new England,
1: what do you got going here? I've got Mac Jones and Adam, the reason is after pick number three, which is the 49ers, I don't see a great landing spot for Mac Jones. Like I think if he doesn't go three, he is going to fall in this draft and I could see a situation where the Patriots trade up a few spots to go get him. But In this one, I've got him falling to 15, and I don't feel like that's a big reach. I think that's where he probably should go. I don't think he is the same talented player as Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I don't think he's necessarily somebody who should ever go in the top 10. So picking him at 15, letting him sit behind Cam for a year, I think makes a ton of sense.
0: So if he doesn't go here the I feel like it's because we 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 tied him to the number 3 spot for a long time and now we're sort of untying him but we're keeping him around there and there's a possibility of the trade and I just feel like the information the general you know draft fans have on him is so is so all over the place if he doesn't go here are you looking at a situation where all of a sudden we start to look like the Aaron Rodgers, like awkward yeah. home, green screenshot types. Like, could that be the kind of night for, for Mac Jones? Cause to me, it, you know, this is a
1: weird one. You're talking about three or down the list you go. I think so. And I think the next landing spot is the Chicago bears, but I don't love that fit either because you got to have a pretty strong arm to play in Chicago. Yeah. And that's just one thing Mac Jones doesn't have. I think, Listen, if we're being really off the wall, what about Miami at eighteen? You draft him and you let the two Alabama quarterbacks uh, compete with one another. Wouldn't that be a lot of fun? Content, yes.
0: Tua, content, Tua, yes. probably no. Uh, but from
1: a, it would, it will never happen. It'll never happen. But I think it'd be a lot of fun. That is fantastic. Uh, I
0: I want that to happen just for the, um, just for the tweets alone. Uh, Oh, it'd be so much fun. Yeah, no, I think that I think it does make sense. I mean, certainly for New England, not having to trade up to potentially get this. Again, I I just think Mac Jones is a really interesting piece. When you talk about Mm -hmm. this point of the draft, if he doesn't go at number three, Arizona at 16. Look, a team with a lot and a team with pretty high expectations, a young quarterback that should get better good weapons around him, all sorts of um, interesting you know, prospects in place. I still think Isaiah Simmons is going to be really, really good mm-hmm. once he gets comfortable. So what say you, Marcus, when it comes to this pick?
1: Yeah, they need to address their defense. They lost Patrick Peterson this offseason. Go out and get a Patrick Peterson clone and Caleb Farley. If it wasn't for injuries, he would never be available at this spot. And in fact, if he didn't have this recent back surgery... I think he's probably the first defender off the board. Wow. Getting him at 16 is just a fantastic value. He might be your best defensive player or your best secondary player by 2022. Uh, wow. I think this is a I think this is kind of the floor for Caleb Farley. So, uh, well that's
0: interesting because they talk about spasms, they talk about surgery, a guy that, you know, opted out, a guy with a, a wealth of gifts that looked to be in that case. So, getting back to it, if he is healthy, is that a guy that gets to the Cowboys? Like if, if you don't have the okay. So, so it's hurt. It's hit him quite a bit. And yet your opinion is the talent is too great to, to wait for him to fall too far.
1: Yeah. I think if he's a hundred percent healthy, he's in the same caliber prospect as Jeff Fukuda, who we saw go three last year, Denzel Ward, who went four in the 2018 draft. Uh, He's in that level of player or that range of player. Getting him at 16 is a discount and a, a very good one for the Cardinals.
0: Uh, I love it. Yeah, he is a really great player. It is a bummer for him that you're worrying mm-hmm. about. As a, as a person with back problems, I think our back problems are probably a little different, just saying. Uh, <laughs> I feel for him and the f- financial component as well. Number 17, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Marcus, I'm just going to say it. Who who the hell knows what they're going to do? <laughs> like, I mean, this is a team that's drafted –
1: uh curious is is the polite way to say it you prob- that's very nice that's, I would okay say. that's very bad is the way that i would describe bad. it. bad <laughs> this is the
0: mayock gruden uh regime oh, it's boy. like the opposite of what like your buddy does in their fantasy for going for names they'll just do whatever they want to do so trying to handicap
1: what this contingent is going to do is potentially difficult who do you have them taken? they like big school players that play with the mean streak elijah vera tucker Uh, I like a lot from USC. Played left tackle this year, left guard in 2019. My guess in the pros, he's going to be on the right side. I think he could feel their need at right tackle. If he doesn't work out there because of a lack of arm length, you kick him inside and you have a dominant, dominant guard. I think Elijah Berry Tucker is one of the best picks they can make which inevitably means they won't make it.
0: Is there anyone else in the draft that you thought may be a fit here? Like, is there any other position or, or, or even mm-hmm. from the offensive line class, which I'm sure we'll get to, like who else in your eyes could be a, like a backup plan here, knowing that the Raiders are
1: casting with a wide uh, net to, to draft somebody? They love Alabama players and they love guys that are mean. Alex Leatherwood, most of the time not being mocked in the first round, most of the time in the 40s or 50s, Would not shock me at all. If they pick him at 17, he can play multiple positions. Uh, He was a three-year starter at Alabama. Makes a ton of sense. That's an interesting evaluation by the way,
0: with, with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it'll be interesting to see if, and when we get to him in your mock draft, because you talk about high ceilings, but, but complicated evaluations. Um, I could absolutely see him being the pick. All right. Miami dolphins back at it again, number 18 overall. So, it, with the first pick you had them addressing uh, the wide receiver position with Devonta Smith. So now they're back at it. Number 18, uh, more help for Tua. Are you going on a, a defensive side, which looks like it's blossoming and becoming one of the better defenses in the NFL. What do you have here?
1: Yeah, I think Miami is going to want to continue to upgrade their trenches. They drafted Austin Jackson in the first round last year, an athletic offensive tackle. Wouldn't be surprised if they do something similar this year, Samuel Cosme from Texas, Uh, Has maybe the best feet in this class, just an easy, easy mover. Needs to add a little bit of strength, but I could easily see uh, the Dolphins picking him, maybe even allowing him to sit for half the year to continue to gain a little bit of weight and strength. Uh, But I think this could potentially be their, their left tackle of the future. I'm
0: surprised we didn't hear more of him throughout this process Uh, I know we've got a couple of elite offensive linemen at the top. When he came to Texas and started developing, it was a big deal for a Texas program that has been floundering. I'd say he probably met expectations. Wasn't necessarily like considered one of those elite prospects, I guess for the position as a whole here, Marcus, you know, so many teams need offense. Like it's a position, like you can't have too much offensive line. So is this the part of the draft where teams start to panic, where offensive line is going to become more pronounced. Like this feels like that moment. You've got so many cool wide receivers, skill position talent, you've got quarterbacks, and now it feels like you start to settle into what feels like more of a normal draft.
1: And remember, Miami has a bunch of picks in this draft. So if they want to save their day two and day three picks to address defense, I think they can do that. Offensive tackles just go so early, as evidenced from Austin Jackson last year. You've got a bunch of teams after the Dolphins here that all need left tackles between the Indianapolis Colts. We've got the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're better off grabbing Cosme here and then seeing what's available on the other side of the ball in round two. All right, number 19, Washington.
0: Washington, the football team, hopefully they never change it. Uh, great, great young defense. Quarterbacks, they're trying to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> offensively, they still they have some players in place. Mm-hmm. There's actually a nice foundation. I think this is another really intriguing p- uh, pick when you look at the NFC East and the team just trying to get to that next level. So what do you have here?
1: I really hope this pick doesn't happen because this would be a pain in my Cowboys' th- side for a long, long time. <laughs> But that's Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora, the linebacker slash safety from Notre Dame. He's probably, what, 210 pounds soaking wet, but somebody who can absolutely fly to the football. And if you're putting him behind that monstrous defensive line and just allowing him to clean up everything in the second level of the field, he's going to thrive there. So I think if he is available to Washington at 19, that's an easy, easy pick for him. This guy is awesome. This guy yes. is really
0: fun, a guy that has not gotten enough love in a year of the quarterbacks. I, I think it would be an interesting fit, but Marcus, I am curious, again, the defense looks like it's in pretty good uh, this would be an amazing addition, especially when you talk about a great defensive line. I like your term cleaning up, but you know, offensively here, were you tempted mm-hmm. at all to go some other place with this pick? Because offense, of course, is going to be the fixation for the Washington fans, saying, Hey, we just need people to help us score points.
1: Yeah. I think the offensive line is where I would have leaned, but you look at like Ron Rivera's history as a head coach and where they've gone in defense, Adam, they've actually have some experience taking this type of player before we saw Thomas Davis coming out of school was one of these hybrid linebacker safeties. We saw Shaq Thompson, uh, coming out of school not too long ago was a first round pick by the Panthers. Another one of these hybrid guys. I just think Ron Rivera wants speed on his defense and this is just too unique and too good of a player to pass out.
0: Well, I, I think certainly you want to, that defense sounds terrifying. Um, for one, it already is terrifying, but I think from, and, and also a great pick for the player You talk about landing into an mm-hmm. ideal spot. My goodness. Perfect. Uh, yes. Okay. Chicago bears pace, Nagy run this thing back. Uh the red rifle. I mean, it doesn't sound very sexy, but you know how many more of these no, is Pace no. gonna have? This no. may be it. So the Bears at 20, the team that has a lot
1: and still feels like it needs a lot. It's a strange one here. So what are you going with? Chicago has to make a move for a quarterback in this draft. They they just can't sit at 20. And pick somebody here. I know. I listen. I've got him taking Kevin Jenkins, an offensive tackle from Oklahoma State, a dominant run blocking, mauling offensive tackle. But you can't do that if you're the Bears, right? You've got to make some kind of move to go get. I don't even care if it's Mac Jones or whoever. You you just can't sit here at twenty. Again, I've got them drafting Jenkins. I would be shocked if they stay here and pick. So you think ultimately that that Mac Jones. Uh, and I think it's They've got to, right? Yes. Otherwise, otherwise, if they don't and they just pick an offensive lineman here, those guys aren't going to have jobs at this time next year. They're just not. It's just the truth. They've got to be aggressive. Go get your get a quarterback to give yourself a chance.
0: I think it'll be fascinating to see how far they would come up, where they'd have to go to go up to potentially get a, a guy. And depending on that, you know, who who they target. Is Mac Jones the fit? I agree with you. I don't necessarily think that would be the best fit. I think Lance would be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. potentially with this offense but uh boy uh depend- if, if that's where you're you're having a mock that's going to cost a fortune uh it may mm-hmm. not even be doable from that standpoint uh okay and then the last one uh for part two of the mock and again we'll finish part three next week the Indiana indianapolis colts again a team with a really interesting foundation Carson Wentz is in defensively, played some really good games last year. Have a great, great looking young running back in Jonathan Taylor as long as he hangs
1: onto the ball. So, what are you doing here? Yeah, they need a, a left tackle. Anthony Costanza retired this offseason. They really didn't do anything to address their offensive line need in free agency. We've seen a bunch of tackles already go off the board. My next highest rated offensive tackle is Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame. He's a three-year starter, uh, played really well on the left side over the last two years, a two-time All-American, doesn't have the best feet in the world, doesn't have the longest arms. He, it's just kind of ugly, Adam, but he gets the job done. And I think that kind of fits into that culture of the in- Indianapolis Colts. You pair him back with Quentin Nelson, a teammate of his from Notre Dame. Uh, he's somebody who can dominate in the run game. Maybe a little bit of a reach, but when you need an offensive tackle, sometimes you have to reach. I don't know if there's a better when you look at these this
0: teams that we went through from 11 to 21. There's a better like positional like they have to take this position yep. than they have to the Colts because protecting Wentz, which was a disaster uh, in Philly, uh, they have had injuries and age and whatever, mm-hmm. and then of course supporting that running game, which is going to be their that's going to be their future. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to yep. be a star, so I think that's a natural fit. Interesting. Interesting. uh, As we review just my, my thoughts on, on these uh, picks,
1: Jalen Waddle still, still Marcus, you're getting my hopes up. Okay. (laughs) No, 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 he'll be gone. Right. That's if I were to redo this mock again, I think he's somebody that I might even put inside my top nine picks, but after you get past the chargers at 13, there's just not a great landing spot for him, but in hindsight, he should be inside the top. 10, 11, 12 picks. The uh, yes, there is 23 at the Jets is a great landing spot for him. <laughs> go get him, Jets. Go, go Joe Douglas, go be aggressive. Oh, get Zach Wilson a legit, you know, option oh, on the outside who can make plays.
0: don't, don't, don't get me excited. And this is the hard part of you doing this. Again, the 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 mocks are so fluid. Uh, are you gonna mm-hmm. have a final game day pre-mock before the draft, by the
1: way? I will. There will actually be an update that comes out, I believe, on Monday, a full first round. I'm going to redo a lot of these picks, new explanations. Uh, I believe it's a three-round mock, so make sure you guys are tuning in for that.
0: Oh, man, my Jets will be featured prominently in that. We got picks, all, picks all over the place. Uh, all right, I, I am enjoying this. I could do this. You know, the the mock draft on the internet, like I, I like I give them a lot of grief, like crap, like, oh, mock drafts. Marcus, throw me any mock draft. I don't care who writes it. Like Joe Eagles fan 44. Let me see it, Joe. Let me see your mock draft. Like I, I absolutely can't. I can't help myself. I can't quit mock drafts.
1: Yeah, I wake up every morning and just type in mock draft on Google, and there's like 50, 50, you know, hits, and it's just like dopamine that just my body absolutely needs at six o'clock in the morning. All right. Well, that, <laughs>
0: no, it is. I, I can't help myself, especially if it, when I have a, when you root for a bad football team, like this is my this super. This is all Bowl. we have. This right? is my super. This is Bowl. all we have is the yes. New York Jets mock draft hopes and dreams. And I'm looking for the, the uh, forward to the three rounder, too. So, all right. So, part three next week, and then Marcus, you'll be updating it across the game day as well. We'll have all sorts of draft coverage. Mm. I know I'm doing my weekly um, gambling column, which will be very draft focused next week before I head out to Vegas and and place more draft money down at uh, the new Circa book out there. I can't Mm. wait to get Mm. out there and do that. Uh, Okay, before we head out, big, big installment of the future. If you've been listening to this show that you know that Marcus and I are, uh, we love football. But probably our secondary love on this show is MMA when it comes to yes. talking about uh, different cards and just betting in general. So, Marcus, before we look ahead at 261, uh, a little bit last week, did you bet the Jake Ball Ben Askren fight? Okay, I know
1: that's not MMA, but I have to dive into that before we get into the UFC stuff. I, I didn't just because it was so ridiculous and I had no read on that situation at all. Uh, first and foremost, that was maybe the strangest broadcast of TV or an event that I have ever seen in my entire life. I mean, what in the world was that? I think that's the future, Marcus. I think that's what it's going to become. Um, very odd,
0: compelling, overdone, way too long. The fighting was terrible. You had the one guy getting, like, the one actual boxing match. The guy faked like he got hit in the nuts, went down and got carried out in a stretcher, okay? I mean, that... Uh, Uh, A lot of like on, on, I mean, it's just bizarre, bizarre, but I enjoyed it besides the fact that I bet Ben Askren, who. Oh no. um, You you saw on the weigh-ins, he looked rough. I mean, he was, well, he looked like us, right? Yes. No, he looked like he's been enjoying (laughs) being retired. And so I did, I, I harnessed it post weigh-in. I harnessed how much I bet after that, but I thought that he would get close and grapple and no. he just looked like no. he did not care um no nope. and and what got paid like a half a million dollars it did like 1.4 million buys of pay, pay-per-view buys I, i'm telling you marks when we talk about the broadcast this is the future put, put a couple of celebs on oh, there boy. get a couple of washed up athletes and and give me a betting line and
1: i'll bet on it sadly but i bad bad fill these guys with substances i mean I, it, it was i don't know it, it was it was strange is all i can say <laughs> uh, it was
0: it was very strange now on the ufc side uh my guy mm-hmm. robert whitaker my favorite fighter in the ufc dominant dominant the old 5-0 mm-hmm. performance when it comes to the round were you on whitaker did you have any other uh last saturday
1: ufc wins or did you bet at all i i didn't but i did pay a lot of attention to it we're having it's just been a great, you know, spring so far for UFC fights. And we get, uh, we get another great card, you know, this weekend with Usman coming up and uh, some of these other title fights. It's just, it's a great time to be a new uh, UFC fan.
0: Okay. So UFC 261, three title fights. Let's start with the main event. Usman, a big, big favorite over Mosfidel. They, they fought this uh, last year uh first full crowd by the way which is going to be pretty surreal mm-hmm. uh florida guys going to florida it's going to be quite an event i'm excited for it also 14 fights 14 fights 14. For, for betting all options. day it's uh, going to be great unbelievable but usman right in that minus 400 range uh i have a hard time betting against usman i'm going to have to get creative so with I. this fight is that where you are here
1: Yeah, and I've even seen the lines kind of creep up a little bit into the 430, you know, minus 435, minus 440. But yet I have a hard time picking against him as well. I think we're going to have to parlay him with some other fighters or potentially look at some, you know, prop bets between, you know, maybe him winning by knockout in rounds one or round two. Because betting him straight up, it just doesn't have a lot of value right now.
0: I saw a bet that I like, Marcus, which is won't go the distance at plus 125. I, I like that. I know their first fight went the distance. It was a lot of grappling. Uh, and and Us- I think Usman will try to do that again, even though Mosfidal's takedown defense is pretty good. When he got mm-hmm. on the ground, he was pretty helpless. I think Usman wants to make a statement. When you saw him with agree. Gilbert Burns, yep. like he can throw. So I actually think that these guys are going to be going at it. Uh, again, even though this is one of those weird fights, it's a huge line. It still should be a wildly entertaining fight and, and Masvidal puts on a show every time he fights. So I'm excited about that.
1: Uh, Uh, I would agree. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, again, I think Usman's going to win this pretty easily though. I,
0: I I tend to agree. He's a hard guy to bet against. He is a star. It's amazing since that first Mosfidal fight, how
1: much his star power has blossomed because UFC, we just got a lot of stars right now. We do. That's why it's a fun time to be a UFC fan.
0: Um, Rose, though, uh, Marcus, is my favorite bet of the night. Uh, Not a Eunice, plus 175. I am a huge fan of her. I, I just think I'm looking for value in underdogs. And I think it's plus 175, if that's what the line is. I haven't check the updated line here i'll Mm -hmm. take her as at plus 155 plus 175 when you start to look at the other title fights it's it's tough with shevchenko who's going to be a huge huge talk. um even though they're title fights it's hard to find value i think there is value in rose
1: what if you just take all three favorites and get that down to like minus 110? Is that something that you're interested in at all? Uh, yes, I except I still – I think there's going to be an
0: underdog here. And I don't think it will be in this fight, but you're right. May- plus 125 actually, plus 125 if you take I, the three favorites. I still like – I like Rose in this fight. I'd like the favorites in the other two uh, where yeah. I'm conflicted on this. But there's – Plus 300. Uh, that, that's your parlay right there, plus 300. Okay. Well, that's not too bad. I mean, uh, I mean the, uh, there's other fights too. Uh, uriah hall chris weidman i mean there's great this is a mm-hmm. great card 14 fights i still have to dig in on my research but in general full crowd florida i, I just i cannot wait here so are there any other enjoy it, are, enjoy it. oh yeah absolutely are there any other bets anything else you're betting this week before i pepper you with a couple of my nfl draft bets
1: yeah, I mean, really quickly, I'm starting to look at some of the NBA futures, looking at potential finals matchups. I really, really like the Clippers and 76ers at 16-1. to 1. I don't know if anybody's playing better than Joel Embiid right now. I don't know if anybody in the Eastern Conference will be able to match up with his size. We know the Nets are really banged up right now, and we may never see you know all three of their stars healthy. So I think the 76ers have a great chance to make it to the finals. We know how talented the Clippers are. 16-1 to one is a very, very interesting bet. What's the, uh, what's
0: the Steph? I have not looked at the MVP market in a couple weeks, but Steph is like video game Steph right now. Has he asserted himself into this, like the market at all?
1: It's not very likely, right? I think he's still outside of the top five right now, but it's just, it's a weird year for MVP stuff, right? We've had so many guys miss time. I think it's probably going to be Nikolai Jokic, maybe Joel Embiid, but I, I just, I have a hard time imagining that voters are going to vote for Steph if his team ends up below 500. I think they would be awful without him. It's, it's
0: one of those things like that yeah. no team yep. would probably be worse. And yet you're, you're probably right. It has just been fun to watch. By the way, speaking of fun, Marcus, my New York Knicks covered 10 in a row. Uh, 10 Julius Randle seven straight wins at home unbelievable I, I don't know what to do with my hands when the Knicks are actually not in a total <laughs> embarrassment uh, but the season is still somewhat young okay real quick <laughs> I, I don't want to do too much NFL draft stuff because we will do that next week kind of the lineup of prop bets that I've got going but a couple that jumped out I mentioned while you were doing your mock uh, total Alabama players drafted in the first round I had uh, mine uh, excuse me five and a half at minus 200, I'm taking the over here. And I thought your mock was interesting because you yeah. had Mac Jones. Essentially, you've got four locks you've got Mac, you've got Certain, you've got Jalen, and you've got Devonta Smith, right? So you're looking yes. for two more players. You've got Alex Leatherwood, who you mentioned. You've got Najee mm-hmm. Harris. Mm-hmm. You've got Landon Dickerson. Um, you've got, and you've got Barrymore. Christian yeah, Baltimore. yeah, exactly.
1: So yep.
0: Yep. over five and a half players without spoiling your mock. Are you feeling pretty good about that?
1: Yeah, I feel really, really good about okay. that because I think Najee is an absolute lock to go in the first round. I think if he gets to the Steelers at 24, you can write it in. Uh, and then will Landon Dickerson go in the first round? I could see it. I do think Barrmore is a lock. Uh, we'll see if somebody else makes it, but I think six is the right number. And then, and then to keep in the Alabama theme, I just
0: love, and I haven't seen the line in like the last 24 hours, but Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell, minus 12 like a pop. They're, they're like a coin flip. Um, I know you mentioned that your Jalen stuff is changing potentially into the mm-hmm. top nine after the mock that you we're talking about right now. How do you, I, I, I bet Devonta Smith, by the way, over Jalen Waddle, how do you feel about those two going head to head suddenly?
1: I think I lean Waddle now, to be honest. I think it, we saw it last year, right? Henry Ruggs was the first receiver drafted because of his speed teams. Absolutely covet the guy that can run 4 two And it would not be surprising to me at all, Adam, if we see multiple teams try to trade up into the top 10 to secure Jalen Waddle. Again, I've heard the Cardinals are interested. We'll see about the chargers. The lions could use some speed. I I think that's the way this is eventually going to play out.
0: I think I've said it before. If you've not seen him dunking in high school, you should watch it. I remember when I was interviewing at Alabama and the people at the facility pulled up the phone, like, Hey, check this out. It was like, Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. This is not a big He's human being. He's an insane, athlete. He is an oh, insane yeah. athlete. Just really, really talented. If he doesn't get hurt, I would be really curious to see how the conversations are different and they may not be that different, frankly, ultimately where he went, like ends
1: up in the top 10. Well, I think it's important to note in the last seven games that he played, he actually was averaging more receiving yards per game than Devonte Smith. He really turned into the number one receiver before he got hurt on that kick return. If he plays all year, there's no way Devontae Smith wins the Heisman. And I think there's a really good chance he ends up with 1600 yards and double digit touchdowns. He, he had, he was, he was averaging over 120 yards per game when he was healthy this
0: year. Yeah. He may win the Heisman, especially if he's on special teams, uh, which unfortunately cost him the injury, but yeah, yeah, he had, he what a, what a talent. Uh, hopefully he goes somewhere. Awesome is what I'd like to say with him. Yes. Uh, yes. Preferably that. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys, a reminder, uh, you know, post your comments, your feedback. What do you agree with, with what we're saying? Do you like our bets? Marcus's mock draft, which there'll be iterations of that coming. Uh, be sure to get involved. Uh, Apple, Spotify, please subscribe, check it out. We're, we're loving doing this. And if you guys have suggestions for draft content or otherwise, let us know and check out thegameday.com to see what our affiliates have to offer. Marcus, parting shots here. We are the nerves are kicking up it is it is almost goal time my friend so what does the next week look like for you are you just grinding away in the dungeon with more film
1: yeah it's going to be crazy again going to try to be getting as much information as possible so you don't get surprised by any pick and it'll probably all be wrong because again we are in the season of liars uh, but i can't wait i can't
0: wait either got to get my Vegas bankroll together you got to get my get, get my mind right uh, for Marcus Moser I am Adam Kramer we will talk to you guys next week